Hey friends, I appreciate you tuning into the Deal Farm podcast where I hope you feel at least mildly entertained and possibly even inspired to take big action towards improving your life and your business. On this episode of the Deal Farm, Kevin and I talk with Anna Smith about her amazing journey from being homeless to being inducted into the Craftsman Hall of Fame and how her previous business experience has perfectly prepared her for her newest endeavors as a real estate investor. See you on the other side. Kevin, what is shaking, my man? It is Monday. It's a wonderful day, and I am excited for the week. For the week. Did you have an exciting weekend, or you're just ready to be done with the weekend and start your week? It was not an exciting weekend, and I loved it. It was fantastic. Just chilled. It didn't do anything of note. That's not entirely true. I am building a swing set for the boys. And so that was, nice. that was pretty exciting. And I didn't bleed. I didn't break anything. There were no wow. concussions. So it was a successful construction weekend. No self-harm. Man, when the weather's good and you just get to be outside, just building something, those are the best weekends. They really are. Yeah. I got hot. I got sweaty. I was tired. I felt accomplished. It was a great weekend. That is a good week. It's funny. I sort of had the same weekend. I've, you know, we've been in the process of building a chicken coop. Yeah. And, uh, and it's super hot and humid. You get out there and you dig some trenches, you pour some concrete, you screw in some boards. And it's like, yeah, you work up a good sweat and you just feel good about things. Yeah. What is you that? Go, you, you go, you go in for dinner, you're tired, you're hot, kind of wiped out. And you're like, I built that. I did yeah, that. I right, did that right, right there. That's mine. Yeah. Bring in the chickens, bring in the boys. Right. Exactly. Yeah. We've had, you know, over the years, we've had some chicken coops that, um, where we've literally set up cameras and watched the different animals, the raccoons and the foxes pry apart the chicken wire, get in the coop and then just go to town. So this is the new coop that I'm determined is going to be just, Fort Knox. You can see the Fox just sort of pried away. Look over to the camera, wink and point. <laughs> exactly. Thanks for, thanks Watch for this sucker. It's honestly the worst is the raccoons because they've basically got a thumb and some fingers and oh, yeah. they are incredibly, is it, what is it? dexterous is that the right word yes it is and do, they don't just go for the eggs too right like they're, they're gonna make some chicken salad out of it they kill for fun they don't even i mean they're just yeah they yeah. go in there and just start slaughtering chickens and then walk away laughing about it they literally laugh on their way out <laughs> <laughs> right. hey why don't you buy some new chickens for next month thanks guys <laughs> yeah exactly let's have chicken for dinner again tomorrow night so what, where are you putting the coop is it in the same spot it was before no nah, different spot different spot altogether you know anita started a second garden kind of at the top of the driveway and so it's going to be up near the second garden, put a lot of work into that area in the last several months. And so now to kind of cap things off, we're going to put some chickens up there next to the garden. And, At what uh, point does a garden become a farm? Because, you know, as, as you take up more and more land, there is some sort of a crossover, isn't there? It's no longer a garden. It's a farm. I mean, if you check my taxes, oh, technically I've got a farm. It's a farm. There's, it's an active farm. There is money being spent. It's not necessarily money being made. There's money being spent. <laughs> we are feeding the raccoon. So that counts for something. That's right. Yeah. But I hear you, man. It is it's sometimes I'd love this time of year too, where it's just light until like nine 30 oh, and you can right. just be outside sweating. And then you jump in the pool. Then like you come inside and that's it. Like the day's over. Yeah. Like it gets dark, you go to bed. That's it. Yeah. It's phenomenal. I had a great weekend. That's awesome. It's good to hear. Um, are you still hung over from our uh, whirlwind trip? Uh, it was boy, what a trip. I mean, we were all over the world. Uh, I've told everybody about it. I think what it is, is you, you anybody you get, you won't believe what I did last week. I mean, I, I was in, I was in, 
I was in Oklahoma. I was in Denver. I was in Florida. I was in Cleveland. I was like, yeah. So I'm, I'm recovering, but it's mostly a great story to be able to tell people. Yeah. I mean, it was a, it was a whirlwind, but it was a fun trip. I'm looking forward to doing it again. We'll just have to figure out the next four or five cities we're going to hit on the, on our fall trip. Yeah. I had, it was tiring, but I absolutely had a blast. It, it, same yeah. thing. It was great. Well, it's just so rewarding seeing the different markets in like five very different markets, different mm-hmm. real estate markets, different geographies, different everything. And just seeing those all in the course of a week and then looking at the projects and how every project is different from one city to the next. But our franchisees, honestly, what was most rewarding was just seeing how much success they're having. That's what's rewarding. Yes. Uh, yeah, it was very encouraging just to hear them, hear their words, how thankful, excited, passionate they were. I mean, it got me excited, got me more passionate just hearing their stories. And there was there was consistency across everyone we talked to just about how excited they were, how much they were enjoying the fulfillment uh, of this new venture. Yeah, yeah, that is definitely rewarding for us as well. Well, in coming off of the trip, obviously, I feel like we've made better relationships. Obviously, we knew them sort of at a surface level, but then to get to spend some time with them and build those relationships with our franchisees. But, you know, one of those franchisees, uh, Rick and Anna Smith out of Port St. Lucie, Florida, um, what a great time we had with them. They're, yeah. they're a fun couple. Man, we could have spent so much more time just at that one location, just with them, the projects they were doing, the new house they're in. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. It didn't hurt that we were down in that part of Florida, too. I mean, it's beautiful. <laughs> I know, just sitting on the water, eating lunch at the yacht club. And yeah, what was, was cool, nice. though, was just getting to hear their story, like just to get to know them a little bit better. And, and the more the story unfolded, it was like, these people are incredible. What an amazing story they have. What yeah. an amazing history that they bring to this business. Yeah. You know, and after that, I, you know, what, what do you think about bringing Anna in? I, I think, you know, just having her give some time, I would love for her to be able to share more of her story, the yeah, ups, yeah. the downs and everything that she's accomplished. Well, I think it's, it's a yeah, total natural fit to bring her onto the podcast and talk to her about her, her past, her history, what she's doing now and why, she, why she thinks she's having so much success. I'm sure it has a lot to do with just all the intangibles she brings to the equation. So I'm game to bring her on. If you are, let's bring her in. I would love more time with Anna today. Let's do it. Anna, welcome to the show. So glad to have you. Great. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. So Anna, you've been with us uh, with Red Barn for about nine months. And uh, Kevin and I had the pleasure of hanging out with you and Rick uh, two weeks ago down there in Florida. Saw all the different projects you have going on. And you have, we knew you had an interesting story, but I think after we spent some time with you, I don't think we realized to the extent how interesting your story is. And we're like, you know what? We got to get in on the podcast. (laughs) So we, I mean, I'd love for you to maybe just talk for a minute about kind of what you've been doing, sort of what your business has looked like for the last several years before you kind of hooked up with us. And we'd love to talk about how that plays into what you're doing now. Okay. So I started out as single mom and homeless at one point in time came back from 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 that and when i met my husband my daughter was two years old and he has raised her as his own and we have another child together so they are now 30 and 23 years old 24 sorry jesse just turned 24 and um so they're out of the house but rick and i had a construction company for about 30 years ATS studios. And we took it to a level where we could sell that off about a year and a half ago. And, um, we're still doing a a little bit of our, you know, time that we've got to do with, with the people who bought our company, 
but we decided that in the, you know, next stage of our five lives that we've had with mm-hmm. multiple businesses that we wanted to be Red Barn franchisors, you know, so, um, or franchisees, I should say. And so we started off probably last fall, making some phone calls, trying to make some contacts, trying to get our leads started. But we started from Maryland and our territory is in Florida. So not that we like to complicate our lives any more than what they already are. Um, but we we know that we want to be in Florida. Um, I did have some illnesses in the last year from toxic overload, and my doctors are in Florida. So I felt like being in Florida was really a better place for me to heal as well. So in the last three months, we've bought three homes, and we've got two more under contract. I've got another one that just contacted me that wants to go to settlement at the end of July. So we could potentially have three more homes here in the next couple of three months. And <laughs> you guys are so busy. That's it's awesome. awesome. Well, and you've still got your kind of your foot in the door still with the, uh, with the old business, which uh, yeah, you guys are doing old business right now. The old business yeah. wasn't just construction. I mean, come on, you, you guys worked <laughs> in the white house, right? I mean, you guys yes, worked, we've in, worked in the um, white house, the old executive office building, most of the Congress office buildings, multiple national park service projects we also have done um yeah like crazy top secret projects where you know i'd have to kill you if i told you where i was at (laughs) um (laughs) and on top of it um one of the highlights of my career was being nominated and inducted into the washington building congress craftsman hall of fame and So with that being said, I have 21 craftsmanship awards. I am the youngest inductee into the Hall of Fame, and I am the only woman to date in the Craftsman Hall of Fame. And I have more awards than any other inductee. So I broke the glass ceiling and kept going. That's incredible. We we have said that we have uh, some phenomenal people in Red Barn, like the quality of people. But Anna, you set the bar pretty high for yeah. everyone else. <laughs> um, that's what I like to do, right? I started out <laughs> all the way at the bottom, right? Sleeping in my car because I had no place to go. You know, no. didn't know where the next bag of diapers were coming from, the formula. Um, somebody at my church one day put a pack of diapers in the front seat because they knew I was out of diapers wow. while I was in church. So, And one of the things, you know, that I loved when we were, you know, Ken and I both talked about it when we came and visited you guys is just how creative you are. And I imagine that creativity helped you when you were homeless, when you were working in the White House, and now when you're flipping houses. I mean, that's just a skill set you bring with you. That's just part of who you are. Right. Well, I love going to secondhand stores. Um, and I think what you guys got to experience when you came down to visit is my uh, fascination with Facebook Marketplace. <laughs> and um, I I went shopping with my husband. We went out, we did four truckloads of plants, just not only for the property that we just bought that we're in, but also for the other two that we're in the process of flipping. I spent $390 total. We went to four different locations and literally four truckloads of plants and beautiful plants, big, huge lilies and bromeliads and 
plumeria. And I mean, you, these plants would have cost me, I, I, I kind of did the math. Some of the lilies I got for $25 a piece, they would be probably about 250 to $300 a piece if I would have gone to the nursery. Oh and God. the plumeria would have probably been about $200 for one of the five foot tall plumerias that I got. Um, and that's just a couple of the items. The bromeliads, definitely a small bromeliad at Home Depot cost you about $40. I got huge bromeliads for $3 a piece. <laughs> oh my gosh. So pro tip for the day, if you need plants, Rather than going to the nursery, get on Facebook Marketplace first. Is that a Florida thing, or you think that's like anywhere you could do that? I think you could probably do it just about anywhere, but it's definitely a huge Florida thing. Um, you know, what I found out are the native Floridians, they see all these people coming into Florida, and they would rather, you know, your avid gardeners, they, they get starts off their plants and they put them in pots. And these were the ladies I was, we were meeting throughout the day, even one gentleman. Um, and they like to educate um, new Floridians with native plants instead of introducing um, plants that are, you know, um, invasive. Mm -hmm. So, so I actually got a huge education on invasive plants and, and native plants while we were going out that day. So, and on top of it, think about all the people that I met. Now they know that we are property investors. They'll be on the lookout for us for properties, even in their own neighborhood. We got to travel into neighborhoods that I probably wouldn't have even known were there unless we went out that day looking for all these plants and going to all these places. So we wow. met some really great contacts. And some of these ladies are like, yeah, we do this all the time. Whenever you need more plants for your other properties, just come back. Wow. And wow. and when you buy in bulk, they give you a better deal. I don't even know how I could get a better deal than what I got. But I mean, yeah, they're willing to give us better deals um, if we continue to come back. Well, and it wasn't just plants. I mean, and just in walking some of these projects of yours, we could tell that in every in every nook and cranny, you were finding ways to to save money, not cut corners because your work is impeccable, but to save money. I mean, I, I remember the even the like the border trim. You when you were yep. pulling off a tile piece, yeah, we, taking the pieces off. Maybe talk about that for a sec. Yeah, so I did a coffee bar in our first flip, and it needed like let's call it a pencil border. Well, I went to the tile store, and all the pencil borders were five, six, seven dollars a piece, and they only go. You guys know, like they go like five inches. Mm -hmm. Well, I would have needed probably. I'm going to say about. 40 pieces of pencil to go around times six. Mm -hmm. What I did was I found a herringbone pattern that was exactly the width. Each piece was exactly the width of the border that I needed. I only used two squares, right. two, <laughs> two one foot squares. I actually got to return the third one. I bought three. And they were only $15 a square foot. So for $30 total, I did that entire border. That's Just, and I was, and I didn't even have to use a tile saw. Like literally I took a razor blade, cut the mesh backing and just placed it around. Yeah. That's and it's like, you're doing that everywhere. Like walk, walking the flip, you're, you're finding ways to create really cool effects and aesthetics and you're, you're able to do that just using the creativity. You told us about a story that I thought was really interesting. And I think it speaks to what you've brought into the single family space. 
on one of your projects in DC where there was an issue trying to match the tile. Maybe t- that story to me is very indicative of the skills that, that you've brought now to Red Barn and to, and to flipping houses. Do you remember the story I'm talking about where you, it was hard to find right. them. You couldn't find the tile and then eventually you just had to make it was the that, tile. It was that special uh, ceiling. It was a particular ceiling and you actually had to fire the tiles yourself. Oh, 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 the Gustafino tile ceiling. Yes, yeah. I'm sorry. Um, so, yes, I car- me, okay. remember Gustafino. I mean, obviously. Yeah, Gustafino. Yeah, okay. Gust, Gustafino. 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 Mm-hmm. Gustafino. Um, yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> so, Gustafino is a family who um, they owned a tile company and a masonry company in New York back in uh, the early 1900s. So, so, turn of the century. And so, if you go into Union Station, either, any of them, um, in New York, in DC, you'll see these vaulted ceilings that are made with tile. And mm-hmm. those, and, and they're also in the Museum of Natural History. I mean, they're everywhere. It, they're gorgeous. So we were doing the Carnegie Library and in the basement, the Gustafino tile ceiling had been painted over multiple times. I'm, I'm going to say probably seven or eight layers of paint um, because there was a lot of water intrusion in the basement, but these vaulted ceilings are actually structural. So, so they, they hold the structure in place. Um, we needed about 120 of these tiles because they were either broken, um, old mechanical had been drilled through them or they were just missing. And so once we stripped all the layers of paint, and started redoing all the mortar because the 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 joints in between these tiles are proud because because they actually hold the tiles in place. So um, the only way to replace these tiles was to get a hold of a kiln who still specializes in matching these. But we were gonna it was gonna cost I think it was gonna cost about at a minimum forty thousand dollars, and I think we needed they wouldn't let us order one pallet. We had to order two. So it's going to be like $60,000 to order tiles. And that was, and it was going to be like a six month lead time. We didn't have either. We didn't have the budget to do that. And we certainly didn't have six months. So I had my plaster guys harvest one of the tiles. We made 10 molds, just like we would make a mold for a cornice or for a medallion, uh, you know, a historic plaster. And um, we came up with a vermiculite mix, which was a lightweight mix um, into and some sand, a special colored sand, because we were trying to match that tile exactly. And we poured out three different samples and they loved it. So we made these non, we didn't have to fire them, right? They didn't have to go through a kiln. We just poured them into these molds and they looked identical to the Gustafino tile ceilings. And we were able to make 120 of them instead of two full pallets of them. And um, then we faux finished them based on, because we weren't able to get all the mold out of these tiles. So some areas were a little heavier than others. So we made the lightest color and then went in and faux finished them depending on where they landed in the ceiling. And it's so seamless right now. You couldn't go in there today and look in that ceiling and find the new tiles versus the original existing Gustafino tiles. <laughs> That's great. And this is in the Carnegie Library, right? This is in the Carnegie Library in DC. Um, yes. That, it's this- actually the Apple store now. It's the most most expensive Apple store that there's no parking. It's, really? it's in a, yeah, there's n- not one parking space. 
<laughs> now, I, I, you got to highlight here. So you're, you're in the Carnegie Library working in, in D.C., high in, right, tiles on ceiling. And then we're with you, what, what maybe a week and a half ago. And we're in a house that's completely, you know, it's a small, what, it was a two-bedroom, trashed-out house. I mean, you're, you're talking about extremes. It's going to be a three-bedroom three three When you're done. It's a three-bedroom. That's right. I told her, make that sucker a three-bedroom. Wait, but talk and, about and, extremes. And the I pool, mean, the pool looked like a toxic waste, like oh my gosh. dumping area. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 Hadn't it been a hoarder home at one point? I mean, it was just it's crazy the extremes yeah, so, that you're working in, but you bring the same passion. Well, yeah, because it's within me, right? It you, you can't you can't change the grain of a wood, right? It's yeah. it's just who I am. It's 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 definitely ingrained within me to 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 operate at this capacity it yep. doesn't matter what it is so you know our goal is to turn over a, a home that's going to be a quality home that somebody's not going to have to be able to do anything to for at least the first five years that they're in the house i mean i it's you know if we find something wrong with it we're going to fix it yeah what, what's that been like that transition though from running a construction company you know where you've got a client to now negotiating properties that you're going to buy and own. And then really you're your own client, you know, you're doing your own design work. What's that been like for you making that transition? It's been pretty seamless because I've had to negotiate multi-million dollar deals all the time. I mean, you know, it's, it's true. not, I mean, you just can't leave money on the table, right? <laughs> well, we were commenting on what a good negotiator because you were telling us these deals that you like literally getting people to pay for removing their own trash. I'm like, how are you negotiating? Oh yeah, the cabinets are gone, and I didn't have to pay to have the cabinets removed at the at the trash house. Yeah, um, so you had them pay for the dumpster. They they were the labor to clean the house yeah. out. You had the neighbors take out the the cabinets yes. for you. All at yeah, the, so I mean, was right. So we had them rent back the first month. I ordered the dumpster, they fill it up and they're paying to have it sent to the dump. So, <laughs> so yeah, I gave them the bill for it. That's amazing. Like you literally are just negotiating the pants off these people. And I guess that makes sense. I mean, you've been negotiating multi-million dollar deals in DC for these different locations. And so you bring that negotiating skill as well as your craftsman skill to this trade. I mean, that's, it's, I understand how it's been a seamless transition. If anything, it probably feels like you went from the big leagues to the little leagues a little bit. Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess maybe a little bit, but it's not, it's still not little leagues. I mean, we're talking big dollars here, right? Look at the kind yeah. of money we're going to be able to make yeah. on the first house. True. Yeah. Right. That's, it's still, still big money. It, the you money's know, and, big. Yeah. For it's, I guess it's, you're going from these big national monuments and buildings to single family houses and maybe people that aren't quite as savvy negotiators. Right. Yet the profit. Potential I used to say the only, I used to say the only residential job I used that I would ever do is the white house, but now I can't say that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Cause I would, I would have people that here that would beg me to come to their house and do work for them. And I was like, no, we don't do residential. Yeah. Um, so, but this is different, right? This is, I'm not really working for a residential client, right? We're working right. for ourselves. That's right. And, um, and I actually told my husband, I said, that's probably the only way I would go back to something like this is I cannot answer to the everyday residential client anymore. It, it's, it's, it's a caliber of work that I probably don't have the patience for anymore. Yeah. 
Yeah, being a GC uh, and doing home renovation is very hard. It is not easy to renovate for an no. average client, while especially while they're living in the home. Uh, it's so much, it's so much easier to do it when you just own the home yourself and you pick and right. choose. And you're, I'm, your I client. am the client, right? That's I'm right. picking it for myself, and if I'm not happy with it, then you know, then it gets fixed. It's, yeah. you know, a person who lives in a house, and and this is the way I've always been able to explain it to people is when it's a commercial job, right? There's a there's a qualification for your punch list, right? Like you're, they're supposed to stand, you know, four foot of, away from a wall or five foot away from a wall. Can you see any damage? And then it gets fixed. I mean, I have had residential clients on their hands and knees crawling around, <laughs> checking out like nail holes and baseboards two inches from it, running their fingers across it. That would never happen in commercial construction right? ever. And they want you to come back and fix it. And I'm like, I had one guy literally un underneath his dishwasher, the base, you know, that little kick. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. we used to do all these high-end Clive Christian faux finished uh, European cabinets. And he was on his hands and knees underneath there and up looking up underneath it. And there was one little tiny corner that the paint didn't get all the way in there. And I look over him and I go, Wow your guests are going to look really funny on their hands and knees looking at this kitchen. I, I mean, he was, it was absurd. Yeah. It was yeah. absurd. You want me to get down on my hands and knees and fix this tiny little corner that not even a mouse could see that. Yeah. That's crazy. But I was trying to help him understand how absurd he was. Yeah. Like your guests are not going to be crawling around on their hands and knees. They're going to walk in this kitchen. beautiful. And you know, nobody's on their hands and knees just you yeah 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 sometimes the expectations are just ridiculous it, it is a hard business to be in no doubt and and listen they were spending a lot of money they were probably spending three hundred thousand. that was the that was the price point for these clive christian cabinets these european Holy cabinets Holy. oh my gosh and and so yeah it, i get it but yeah. that's the thing is it came out of their own personal bank account when you're doing commercial work it's coming from a a bank, right? That's financing that project. Right. And so it's just different. Yeah. When you're yeah. cutting that check Versus when your... you're flipping a house, it's coming out of your bank account, right? I mean, exactly. So I need to make it to my standards. That's right. right. So talk to us for a little bit about some of the houses you've got going right now and what you're seeing in terms of profit potential. So the first house, uh, we bought it for 260. Um, we're being told that we're going to be able to go on the market at 400. And so we've invested, let's call it 55,000 when nice. it's said and done. Nice. So it's going to be what, like 80,000? Yep. Yep. In profit, like, yeah. And that's the first one out of the gates. I mean, that's you that's starting to get leads, one. working deals, first pop out of the, you get 80K gross. Right. And then the other one that you guys walked through that is a two bedroom, two bath. We're going to make three. it. A three two has a pool. We bought it for two ten, and I I haven't run the comp yet on the three two, but I believe we were going to be able to at least make forty grand on that. But I think we might turn that into a rental now, um, because it's just seems to it's probably going to. I mean, it's so close to the beach, right? Like right. it's an easy it's an easy rental, and yeah. I may have already found a renter when we went out to eat the other night. There's a waitress that a bartender at um, one of the Kyle G restaurants that needs a place to move into. 
Well, that speaks to the other quality that we noticed about you guys right out of the gates is you've done a really good job of coming to Florida and then just networking, like just getting to know people, handing out business cards. It's like you said, when you're looking at plants, all those people know what you do now. And, and networking really is the name of the game in this space. The more people you meet and talk to, the more opportunities present themselves. You are not going to meet anybody if you hide in your house. You have to get out. You have to go do stuff. Get on your boat. Go to the sandbar. Meet some people. Get out to your local restaurants. Get, you know, in, you know who meets the most people are your bartenders. They meet everybody. They know everybody. True. Get to know them. Yeah. They can help you maneuver around. They they know everyone um, or your hairdresser or, you know, any, anybody that you can be out. And like I said, just Facebook marketplace, going out and buying stuff or selling stuff. Mm-hmm. What if you have stuff from your houses that you just want to sell and get rid of? And then you have people coming to that place to, to pick it up. You know, then you're also saying, hey, this is what I do. Do you know anybody who's trying to sell a house or buy a house? Because right. this is going to be on the market soon. Yep. Yep. There's you know, we talk a lot about networking, but I don't know, Ken, that we've ever thought of hairdressers or bartenders. That that that's good advice. It really is. They're talking to people all day long. Yeah. All day long. They absolutely I mean, look, that's a poor man's psychologist, right? <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Right. So there there are people going in there talking to them every single day and dumping on their bartender. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, the, and it's it's usually single businessmen. I mean, I'm stereotyping a little bit, but it's true. Mm-hmm. And they're just, you know, they're just hanging out because they got no other place to go. Right, right. And you got, uh, it sounds like a couple more houses under contract. I mean, you guys are starting to catch some momentum, which, you know, takes a few months to working leads and getting a deal under And now I feel like you guys are starting to experience that. Some momentum, you're sort of catching yes. your stride. You guys feel that? Yes, absolutely. And, and all the time we've got a couple of agents now that um we've been working with and they're constantly in fact we went and looked at another house before we pulled out of uh, florida the other night to go walk through and i don't think it's one that we're going to buy but um but the thing is is that's not the point they're calling us to come walk through it before it even hit the market right huge. so so that's huge that and they will continue to do that yeah, they will continue to do that. So because you've networked, so, you've got your name out there. They know who you are now. Well, we've trained them to do that, mm-hmm. right? It's 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 setting the expectations. It's talking with them, letting them know what you want, what you're looking for, and we've trained them to continue to send us stuff and keep doing it until it's the right fit. Right. Right. Yep. So somebody's listening to this and they're thinking, hey, should I, should I leave my job? Should I get into flipping houses? What, what about owning houses and renting houses and wholesaling houses? And they're listening to you and they're someone inspired. What sort of advice do you give to somebody who's thinking about taking that plunge? Well, first of all, don't ever quit your job until you've put enough money in the bank to make sure that you're going to pay all your bills on time every single month, right? Because yep. having good credit is key here. Yep. You must have good credit and you must have some equity and capital and, you know, you need to be, you need to be comfortable before you just go dive into the swimming pool or mm-hmm. you're going to, the water's going to be drained out, right? That wouldn't be a lot of fun to dive into the deep end. Um, and being smart, right? Being, mm-hmm. 
being calculative on everything that you do. Um, even though it seems like we just rushed into it, we really didn't. We put a lot of thought into Red Barn um, doing a franchise. Uh, we didn't want to reinvent the wheel. You know, that was another big one. I Do I think that we would have had the skills to do this without Red Barn? Sure. But Red Barn has a lot of things in place that we didn't have to invent or figure out. Mm-hmm. And then we could get right to the meat of it. Yep. Instead yep. of trying to figure out, you know, the lead generation, figuring out, you know, the structure, having a team in place for when we needed advice, because there were certainly things that we didn't know how to do. Right. That you guys have helped steer us in the right direction and given us the advice that we needed at the time that we needed it. So, um, but being savvy just adds to, you know, the stew, the the perfect pot of, of stew. Well, you definitely brought all sorts of intangible skills and tangible skills into the, into the franchise. Some people are going to listen to this and like, well, I don't, you know, I've never renovated a house. I, I don't have all these skills. Well, you can hire those out. Obviously, you having those skills, you can learn to negotiate. You came to the table already having some of those those skills. And so that's, that's probably accelerated your success a little bit just because of that. But you don't necessarily have to have all that because in, in an ideal world, we've we've built that into the franchise where you know people, they come in, they get the training, they get the coaching, they get what they need to fill in some of those blanks. Right. And, and you know, it's, it's hard. If you're not a people person, I would say that this would be a, a, a tough business, but I don't think somebody that isn't a people person would want to get into doing something like this. They're not going to reach out and want to be, you know, a red barn home buyer. Um, it's a great, it, I, I, I want to stop you there. Cause you are a hundred percent right that this is absolutely a people business. And it is all about being able to talk because you're talking to potential motivated sellers, right? All the time, all you're the having time. these conversations and that's how you get the inventory. I feel like a lot of people watch a, like one of our shows like on HGTV and they're like, man, I would be so good at fixing that house. Well, the thing that they never show on TV is all the work that went into getting the house. Right. And that's all oh, a relationship. Lot of work. It's a lot of work. That's where the, that's a lot where of work. I mean, made. The, the first one that you guys got to see that you love the mailbox and the front facade I worked with Peter, the homeowner for a while, and he went back and forth on whether or not he was going to sell to me, Hmm. but he was a disgruntled landlord. His renters had trashed his house. They were breeding dogs out of the garage, had dogs tied up to the trees in the backyard. The neighbors hated them. Um, I mean, it was just, and he was trying to fix the house up and he was going to put it back out for rent. And he finally, but he's already had two heart attacks. His dad's like at 87 years old and you know, and, and he's in his late sixties and he just was like, and I just kept talking to him. He even called me for advice on a contractor that could help him raise the concrete on the front porch. I gave it to him. And then a week later he goes, you know what? I'm not doing this anymore. I'm selling you the house. But I talked to him for four months and I was even willing to give him advice on a contractor to help him fix the house because I knew that he had three other homes that he potentially wants to sell us. And so why would I burn that bridge? I just gave him the lead. Yeah. And then a week later, okay, Anna, house is yours. Yeah. So, so good. You built the relationship with him over a four month period. He had, he trusted you at that point in time. You were, you did right by him because you were like, look, I don't have to buy it. Let me help you, you know, fix it. And he still came back to you and sold the house. 
And now you got yes. the potential to buy three more houses from them potentially. Yes. Yes. That is a hundred percent. The name of the game is. And he wants to use the money that we gave him to also reinvest back into us. Oh, wow. serious? Now you've got a private <laughs> lender. you got a private lender from a seller. Yes. That's yes. Because he, he's like, now what do I do with all this money? That's amazing. He doesn't know what to do with it. And you're like, invest with us. You can be our there lender. There you go. Yeah, we'll give you 12% or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. Anna wouldn't give him 12%. She, no, she, she wouldn't. She'd, she'd have <laughs> not 8%. Knock it down. Oh, no, no. I'll give you 12%. four point. What? <laughs> Eight. And Nine. you can come take out my trash if you want. Just, uh, sign me up. Yeah, I'll let you take the trash out. <laughs> well, I'll let you take the trash out. I'll let you out, take right? out my trash, I, yeah. It's all in how you word it. It is, yeah. <laughs> so good. And I've got, you've done so many different things, and you guys are off to the races uh, with Red Barn. I'm kidding. You know, uh, when we talk to members, success looks different for, for everyone, right? When, when they, sure. whether it's entering a house or they're building their business, what does success look like for you? Like for you, for you and Rick, when you guys, whether it's entering a house or you think about building up your Red Barn franchise, what's success? Like for I you, mean, feels like, man, we're successful. I mean, successful would be finishing out, you know, our commitment with the construction company that bought us out, being in Florida full time. And, you know, one of our goals is catching 50% of what we eat. I don't think we told you that, mm. which is why we have our fishing boat. Um, but just, but the water, we love being on the water and, and having the kind of income through Red Barn allows us to do that. And, and still having this people, I love, I have to be around people. People is definitely a part of who I am. So, and helping people, I mean, mm -hmm. people have helped me along the way. And so giving back and being able to help people. And I do feel like that the, the people that we have bought from so far, we're, we're helping them in some way, shape or form with, with Peter, we helped him because he could no longer be a landlord anymore. It was just stressing him out so bad and he needs to focus on taking care of his dad. So financially we were able to give him the money that he needed to be able to, to do that. Um, and as he releases his other properties, we'll help him out with those too. We'll take those off his hands. Um, the couple that we just bought the other house from, they were in early pre-foreclosure. They were getting notices from the bank. And if they would have stayed there any longer, they would have lost everything. They would have had nothing left, right? Because mm -hmm. it just racks, it racks up, it racks mm -hmm. up. And then, you know, when they come in and they sell it at foreclosure, he may not have even gotten the 210,000, right? It might've even been worse by then. Mm -hmm. And you know, he at least was able to walk away, I think with like 60 grand and, you know, they bought a motor home and they're going to go and off in the sunset and motor home around. And, um, but his wife was in a wheelchair and, you know, so wh what were they going to do? They couldn't, it wasn't like she was going to go out and get a job. I mean, she's a diabetic. She's, you know, actively kind of, you know, you know, she's ailing. I mean, she's disabled at this point in time. And it, at this point in their life, this was the best thing for them. Mm -hmm. And we were able to help facilitate um, a better way of life for them where they don't have these creditors calling them all the time. So we're trying to change that negative connotation of we'll buy your house with cash, you know, where I think that can be kind of a negative thing. We're trying to turn it into a positive thing and, um, and create a repeat client, you know, with mm -hmm. like our first, our first homeowner that we bought from. He will most likely and absolutely should end up being a repeat client for us. 
I love it. And the way you guys are operating is, is so aligned with, with Red Barn as well in terms of it, always structuring it as a win-win, always operating with integrity. Again, the goal is to help these people where then when they sell the house to you, they feel really good about it. Like this was the yeah. best thing for exactly what you guys are doing. And you guys are having so much success. We're just thrilled that you're a part of the organization. You guys are such an asset. And I Thank have a you. feeling you're going to be um, on the podcast teaching or or internally inside of Red Barn teaching others how to how to do it the Anna way in a very, in the very near term, because you're doing, <laughs> you're doing such a good job. You'll, you'll have to talk with Rick about the name of that. The, the Anna, Anna way. way. The, and sometimes. The Anna way. <laughs> oh my gosh. Maybe oh. we'll let, maybe it'll be the Rick and Anna way. Right? We'll see. We'll He's see. the wind beneath my wings, right? There you go. <laughs> well, Anna, thanks so much for coming on today. Spending some time with us. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. Next time. Next Absolutely. time we get down to Florida, we're going out on the boat with you. There you go. Um, it, you have to 100%. absolutely have to. It's and and sandbar and catch some uh, snook, oh, which is go. like the best eating. I don't if if you never had a snook, then you haven't had fish. I mean, this stuff is amazing. Man, it's I've out of the house a few times, but I, that's about it. <laughs> it's, sometimes I creep down in the refrigerator in the middle of the night and I snook some food. I don't think that's the same thing. <laughs> it's a different kind. Of, Different, it's a different, different snook, guys. I think. It's a different type of snook. <laughs> but I think the house right next door to us is going to end up being for sale. Oh, wow. Ah. Oh, wow. The other the other beach that was overgrown right next to us? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Uh -huh. Oh, my gosh. You guys, don't you guys need a Florida office? We need a Florida <laughs> office. There you go. That would be another Florida office, maybe. That's right. <laughs> you got to cover from coast to coast. That's yep. right. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> Anna, well, we appreciate it. Thanks yep. so much for your time. We really appreciate it. You got it. You All got right. it. Thanks. Take care. Thanks. Man, I just love spending time with Anna. She is amazing. She's so much fun. Man, she's a she's just a blast. She's a hoot, too. I, I mean, I, I'm not sure we laughed as much with our other franchises as much as we did with her. She's just hilarious. She had, and she always has a story that just sort of blows your socks off or a saying, what was it? She said before we hopped on, she goes, well, you when the squeeze, you squeeze the eclair, when you squeeze, you yeah. know what, what, when you squeeze the eclair, what comes out? It's such a good <laughs> metaphor, man. When you squeeze the eclair, what comes out? And it's, but it's, uh, it's but a great she, metaphor. What does come out? you got these sayings that I always want to write. It's like, I got to remember that. That's an Anna saying. She was like, is it a sweet cream filling or is it poop? <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Uh, uh, but funny. she's just done some amazing stuff. She always has an amazing story. Oh, well, I was at the White House the other day working and it just, you know, it's crazy. Just, But she lives a really interesting life. So glad she's one of our members. Oh, my gosh. She's going to be so valuable, not just to us, but to our other franchisees. I can already see her stepping into a leadership role for sure. Yeah, yeah. But what a what a road she's walked. I mean, from homelessness to, you know, sort of the pinnacle of of craftsmanship where she's inducted into the craftsman hall of fame. And now they sell their company and she's stepped into this role as a franchisee and she's killing it. She's negotiating the pants off of people. She's yeah. flipping houses. They're flipping their own house. I mean, it's just, man, she's fun to watch. Yeah. No kidding. And it'll be fun the next few years, next several years to kind of watch what they do down there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They're going to crush it. You already know what a cool market too. I've always, I've actually wanted to go to Port St. Lucie before I'd never been there. And it really is like, I feel like a real estate investor's dream. All these houses oh. are so uniform and they're just these simple ranches. You just go in there and yep. easy renovations. It seems close like. to the water. You know, you can still find real estate in that area. That's not too crazy expensive. Oh, I mean, really for your proximity to the water, it's really affordable. Yeah. It's a really great market. Yeah, it really is. 
glad they landed there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, I think maybe we do this again next week. What do you think? I, absolutely. Uh, you know, it has gone so well. Let's do this for the next few weeks. How about that? Should we? Let's just let's put I it think on we, the calendar. Let's let's put it on the calendar and maybe do a couple more. I like it. I think it's a great idea. All right, man. We'll catch up with you next week then. Have fun with that chicken coop. Oh, I will. Friends, thanks so much for making it all the way to the end of today's podcast. If you or possibly a friend has any interest in learning more about real estate investing or opportunities with Red Barn Home Buyers, take a minute and head on over to redbarnhomes.com and check out our investors page or our franchise page, or just drop us a note. We'd love to hear from you. Can't wait to see you on the next episode of The Deal Farm.